American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Eric of Revolution over Zoom video. Eric was born and raised in San Francisco. He talks about how he got into music. He ended up moving to Santa Barbara to uh, go to Santa Barbara City College and eventually uh, UC Santa Barbara for school. And that's where the band Revolution formed. He talked about taking a songwriting class while he was attending Santa Barbara Community College. And that's where he ended up meeting the other guys in Revolution. They all lived in Isla Vista. Started performing as a cover band. A lot more people became interested in their band, started showing up to see them, and then they started performing their own original material. Putting out their very first record, Courage to Grow Independently, and the album did very, very well. It was getting uh, radio play on some of the biggest alternative stations in the country. Once all the guys in the band graduated from UC Santa Barbara, all of them finished school, then they started touring, started seeing shows getting bigger and bigger and bigger, he walks us through all of the Revolution records, Bright Side of Life, Peace of Mind, Count Me In, Falling Into Place, Free Reign, and where they were when the pandemic hit and how that influenced the brand new record called In The Moment. You could watch our interview with Eric of Revolution on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bring It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bring In Back pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Revolution. Yeah, so this podcast is all about you, uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new record you have coming out on Friday as well. Cool. Sweet. Sounds great. Awesome. Um, I, I know the band formed in, in Isla Vista in, in Santa Barbara, but are you originally from there? Did you just go there for college? No, I'm actually from San Francisco originally, and um, I grew up listening to Live 105. So um, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, no, I, I but uh, my family, a lot of them are from Santa Barbara, and so I knew I wanted to go to college down in Santa Barbara after I was done with high school in San Francisco. Well, did you grow up in actually in actually in the city? Yeah, I grew up in wow. the Sunset, the, the Inner Sunset. Wow, that's cool. I, you don't meet too many people that actually were raised in the city. <laughs> yeah. Usually like East Bay or, yeah. So that's cool. Well, tell me about that. I mean, growing up in a city must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Um, you know, in San Francisco, you're exposed to so many different cultures. And uh, I really valued that growing up. And valued all the different music and dance that my parents would, you know, take me to, to, to witness. And it I think it really, you know, uh, opened up the door to world music and dance, um, which I think has a, a effect on my music. So pretty mm -hmm. cool. Rad. How, how did you get to music? Well, at a young age, you know, we had a piano in the house and I would always just go to it. And my mom, noticed that and she put us both through piano lessons and I don't know, I always just was humming music in my head and, and, and playing music and started with piano, went to guitar and yeah, just, you know, I don't know what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing music. I, it's always been like my passion and what I've sure. been into. So yeah, I feel pretty lucky. I get to, you know, write and perform for a living. That's rad. When, when did you start writing songs? Not until, around like 18 or 19 when I got oh, wow. to college. Yeah. I always just thought, thought of myself as a instrumentalist, like guitar player, piano player. I was too scared to sing. It was like, you know, too self-conscious and mm -hmm. 
And I don't know, something happened and started singing and just kind of still, still learning how to, how to be a singer. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> been pretty, pretty successful with it for, for a number of years. But um, did you play in bands or anything in, when you were growing up in San Francisco? No, no, not until I got to, to college here in Santa Barbara. So, yeah, I've had no band experience. I was just you know, maybe like a school jazz band or something like that. But that's about it. Okay. Cool. And you went to school, obviously, in Santa Barbara. And when did the band start? Like, how did that start? Was you just friends with the other guys? I know you grew up in Isla Vista, which is uh, a thing in itself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, well, when I got to Santa Barbara City College, I took the songwriting class. Okay. And that's what, man, that the class actually really changed my life because I met a lot of people in that class that wanted to play music. I had little side acoustic projects with different members of that class. And then I met the other guys in revolution through music classes at city college. And we got together and we were a cover band at first and we were all living in Isla Vista at the time. And, you know, I was able to really focus on music through school at city college. And then eventually at, at UCSB, but I was able to really get the, the, the performing down with the band playing on Fridays and Saturdays in Isla Vista and the whole party scene, you know, I had this great built-in crowd in Isla Vista. So it was great for revolution getting started. We were, we had, you know, a ton of people to play in front of people just walking up the block. And if they liked what they heard, then they stuck around. And, you know, if they, we'd announce the show the next weekend and just kept on playing. That's kind of been the story of this band. Sure. Well, I, I will say congratulations on even finishing uh, UC Santa Barbara, because I know a lot of people get, get wrapped up in that Isla Vista party scene and they're like, uh, OK, I'm done. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we all did. All, all four of us in the band, we all fin- I was the last one to finish. And then that's so cool. As soon as I was done, we hit the road and traveled across the country and just played show after show. That's amazing. What was the cover band? I mean, you said it was Revolution, but where were you guys playing? A lot of reggae songs or just a... Yeah, we were playing a lot of like old, you know, roots classics, but also like some new stuff too. Um, Any song we liked, uh, it might have been a song that wasn't even well known. We would just try to learn it, cover it and play. And it was super fun. We still remember some of those songs we covered to this day. Like when we're in soundcheck, sometimes we'll bring those songs back and just just have fun with, have fun with it. That's rad. That's rad. When did yeah. you start? Like once that started kind of gaining a, a following, when did you start like writing? When were you like, you you know, let's turn this into an original band and with original songs. Well, at, at the time it felt like it was growing really fast um, just as a cover band. But you know, I think when you play a show for like 10 people and then there's 20 people and then 30 people, you're like, oh man, we're, you know, this is happening guys, you know? And it just, we just loved what we were doing so much that we, how we kept on going. We, we realized we had the capability of writing our own music. And I think because I saw the crowd getting bigger, it just encouraged me more to write, uh, write music. And, um, and I became more comfortable singing. And when I say, you know, still working on singing, it, 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 it's true in a certain sense because, you know, I came from not wanting to sing at all and being self-conscious about it to getting more comfortable. And I think 
throughout the years, I've just been more and more comfortable with my voice and performing. And I feel like I could always get better kind of thing. So, um, yeah, man, it's fun. It's fun to see the progression of the band and, and what we might be like, you know, 20 years from now. Sure. I mean, with that first record, you guys really, I mean, did very, very well, especially with something that was self-produced and self-put out. I mean, to get on the radio and like the, the biggest alternative stations in, I mean, the country, at least, I mean, between K-Rock and 91X and Live 105 in San Francisco, like how, how do you even break into those stations as a local, not a local band, but like a self-released band not having some, you know, record pusher coming in and, and, and trying right. to, to pitch the albums to the PDs and all that. Well, I think a lot of it had to do with just how big our fan base was. Uh, you know, it grew pretty quickly. It, you know, it always felt like a slow and steady progression, but I think we had a lot of fans that were calling in. And I think the radio stations like Live 105 were like, oh, whoa, who are these guys? And um, why are there so many people calling and, and requesting this? And I remember it made it on like a top five countdown. We didn't expect, we didn't expect that. We weren't like going for radio or anything like that. Um, but I remember with Courage to Grow, iTunes named it like the best reggae album of wow. the year back in 2007, I believe. And at that point, they, that was the first year iTunes gave out like, you know, awards. So we had no idea that was even a thing. And I think that was the first year they started doing that. Um, but that also helped. It helped get us some recognition and kind of put us on the map. But, you know, there was never like any overnight like success. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the radio helped just kind of expand it just a little bit more. And over time, you know, people seeing our live performances and spreading the word to their friends, it just kept on growing slowly but surely. When did you guys start like touring? Was it right after that record came out that you started touring? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, maybe like a year after, because I think I was still in school. Yeah, I was. I was still in school when that album came out. So, uh, or just finishing up school. So a year later we started touring. We opened up for a band called the Expendables from Santa Cruz. Yeah. And wow. yeah, it was great. Cause they really showed us the ropes and it was a small club tour, but we got to know like the different venues around the country and kind of the difference in crowds from the West coast, the East coast and Midwest <laughs> and, it was great. There's great camaraderie. And still to this day, those guys are some of our best friends. When you, when you toured like the first time, did you see, I mean, talking about Midwest, the East coast, to the, you know, the West coast, obviously the Southern California area is just massive for, for reggae music and like with bands like pepper, it's like stupid. And then you have all these bands from, from, from Southern California was it different seeing crowds in like the Midwest and East coast? Like was, was reggae like as, you know, big in, in those, those towns, or was it interesting playing some of those Midwest cities? Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> we, we, you know, we went places where I was shocked that people were kind of down with reggae and reggae rock and kind of this hybrid, you know, reggae influenced inspired scene going on. You know, I think bands like Sublime were able to get that, kind of reggae-ish vibe going around the country. I mean, they had radio success after Bradley died. And, sure. you know, I think Slightly Stupid going to a lot of the places really opened the door for bands like Revolution. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, when we started touring, there was kind of this movement going on. It was us and Expendables and Iration, another band from oh, yeah. Santa Barbara. And yeah, uh, we were all, but I think the difference is that Revolution, Iration, Tribal Seeds, and a lot of us were playing like more root style reggae with like traditional organs and, mm-hmm. and you know, drum and bass backbeats and stuff like that and i think sublime was more along that like ska punk rock and mm-hmm. they, they just had their own sound and so i think the sound that you know we were influenced by sort of was a movement amongst not just revolution but several other bands both on the west coast and east coast like soja soja is another band from the east Mm -hmm. coast that was doing it as well they were definitely influenced by slow tempo roots reggae and uh so it was this incredible scene that was evolving but yeah i mean going around the country it was it's just incredible like traveling you know so far and hearing people sing the music i think that first tour with the expendables just hearing people sing our music in like texas i mean it was crazy you know we had no (laughs) idea how they heard the music, you know, the, the best way people heard our music back then was through like Napster and LimeWire. And then MySpace mm-hmm. was a big thing. It, would, it allowed bands to upload their music. And it was the sort of the birth of like streaming. Um, and that really helped because people could hear our music for it opened the door to independent bands being able to showcase their music. Mm-hmm. And with that, well, you, the next record you guys put out was Bright Side of Life. And when that album came out, you, you had a record label at that point was that due to, you know, I mean, you had major success as an independent band with no real backing aside from yourself. Like was yeah. it hard to kind of like follow that up or like, did you, was that a question in your mind? Like, okay, how are we going to do this again? Like, is this going to be a thing? Yeah. Well, you know, on the first album, we actually had another singer that sang a few songs and, uh, or four or five songs. And he left the band just right after Courage to Grow was released. And, you know, at the time I didn't, I was like a little nervous. I didn't want to be the only singer in the band. And, you know, I got a lot of encouragement from the other guys and they, you know, said like, Eric, you got this. And I think that challenge was the best thing for me because I really sort of came into my own, gained the confidence to, you know, be the front man and, and the primary songwriter for the band. But, um, you know, having, an, having a label uh, behind the later releases after Courage to Grow, it helped in just like marketing the album and getting it to places that we wouldn't know how to market the album, mm-hmm. um, different outlets. But, you know, we, we collaborated with, you know, independent labels that were, you know, pretty small. Uh, compared to some of the bigger releases that were coming out at the time. And even to this day, you know, we're with a, a, a company called Easy Star Records. And, you know, I still consider them to be an independent label, you know, um, sort of like a mom and pop kind of label, which is great. We love collaborating with guys. And well, with Bright Side of Life too, that's when you were, was that the first time you got to play some of these festivals? I mean, like Bonnaroo and, and Lollapalooza and, and some of those bigger festivals that the, the first time you had that experience to do those? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that was a trip because I think a lot of the festivals didn't have, you know, our kind of music on, on right. them. Um, so 
I think the festivals were excited because they saw a lot of a new demographic come into, you know, these big festivals. And we were excited to kind of showcase what the scene is all about, what revolution music's all about, where influence comes from. And, you know, we were a band that can mix it up. We, we definitely have reggae as a huge part to our sound. It's a big part to the foundation of our sound, but we like to mix it up. And I think that's why we can appeal to big audiences that, you know, don't necessarily listen to reggae music. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And so, yeah, so you're able to play these big stages and then the next record you guys put out after that was called Peace of Mind. What would you say like the highlight from that from that album was? I think that was the first album we tried some different stuff. Uh, we, we realized, you know, the first couple of albums were pretty roots, reggae oriented and Peace of Mind, we incorporated some breakbeat instrumentals, uh, some slower stuff, some more rock stuff, uh, songs that are just not reggae at all. And that was also the first album we brought in a couple different producers, um, more like beat makers that, you know, submitted something. And we, we, you know, we used like electronic drum kits for, for that. We really mixed it up on that album. Um, and one thing that made the album special was that it was a triple release. We released a dub version of the album and an acoustic version of the album. And at that point, we hadn't really put out any acoustic material. And that was something that I really enjoyed doing because I actually feel more comfortable on an acoustic guitar than electric. So oh, it, showcased a new, it showcased a different sound to Revolution. Um, it showcased that we can go with different genres um, that we're not afraid to and that we feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And what about with, uh, with Count Me In? Yeah, Count Me In is similar in that we, you know, we, liked, we liked mixing it up. Um, you know, we all listen to reggae music to a certain extent, but we listen to a lot of other music too. And we really wanted to, we realized that we wanted to try something different with every album. Mm-hmm. So Count Me In was great. Um, we got to collaborate with one of my favorite artists on that album. His name is Don Carlos. He's the guy that got me into reggae music. And oh, really? Yeah. So the song Roots Reggae Music, we have him on. and It was cool because we wrote this song that was a homage to Roots Reggae Music. And then we got the guy that got me into Roots Reggae Music. So it was a really, really cool experience. And also recording that album with Errol Brown, who's was Bob Marley's sound engineer and recorded just pretty much every classic reggae album you can think of in the seventies and eighties he recorded. So uh, being in the studio with those two guys was a pretty amazing experience for me personally, just, uh, you know, seeing them respect revolution and then right back at them, uh, just that good energy inside the studio. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Like to be, what was it like working with uh, him? I mean, being a fan, I mean, that must've been nervous at all or. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember I, I was, I, you know, I had Errol Brown in my front seat and I, I like literally picked up Don Carlos at the airport in Burbank and we went straight to the studio and I was like, just trying to keep the car steady. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, going from being a fan of Don Carlos to, you know, considering him a friend now um, and him just supporting us through our journey. It's pretty cool. Um, it's very cool to get that 
recognition from one of your favorite artists. Uh, definitely a great, great guy and definitely plan on collaborating with him again. Cause yeah, yeah he's awesome. That must've been, yeah, like pretty validating to have that guy, you know, performing with you and, and writing with you uh, to be yeah, a think, big fan. I, I think validating is the right word that I was looking for. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I know when I came back to, to work at 91X, uh, I was doing the Saturday morning show um, called Wake and Break, where it was all reggae music for like four hours on Saturday mornings. And then when you put out Falling to Peace or Falling into Place, that was when I was, we were playing a bunch of, of, of songs from that record. Yeah. Uh, did you see like what, what, like what would be the next step for you guys as far as a band when, when you put out that album? Yeah, that was different in that we actually worked with a producer for most of it. His name was uh, Super Dupes. Does a lot of dance hall and um, reggae. And it was a really great experience. Um, he sort of, he produced that album differently than the other albums. And that's why I think I like it. You know, we always want to try something different with our albums. Um, it's EQ'd differently. It's mixed differently. It's chopped up differently. And... You know, I'd never like doubled my vocals on a track and he had me do that. Um, he never had me, like I never stacked my vocals on previous albums. So there were different techniques that we learned through Super Dupes. And uh, it was great just collaborating with him. Again, another album that, you know, we weren't afraid to try something different, not just, you know, reggae music, you know, throw in some of the alternative and, and pop and um, even like, you know, some jazz, you know, in there a little bit. So it, it was definitely really fun. That's cool. And the, the album came out the most recent besides the record that's coming out on Friday. Uh, tell me about that one before the, the record that you probably put out and toured the uh, toured right before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what was that? Tell me about yeah, that was range. called. So that was free rain. And I think after working with a producer like super dupes on falling into place, we wanted to, we really missed like producing things ourselves. Mm -hmm. um and we love the way falling into place came out but we wanted it's just really fun for us to get in the studio and produce ourselves so we sort of yeah we recorded it ourselves spent wow. you know really uh all four of us were in there we were very hands-on with you know different effects and different uh instruments used and that was really really fun so again and uh, you know i think we want to do something different from the previous album uh, sure. that we put out. Yeah. Was there a reason that you went back to kind of your roots with self doing self recording, so kind of self putting out the producing the, the album? Yeah, I think it's just mixing it up. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, it's it just, you know, yeah. Mixing it up from the previous album, trying something different. That's cool. And I mean, where were you guys at when this whole like, pandemic came crashing down like were you working on into the moment or uh <laughs> no where we, you're at. we we didn't realize that the the pandemic was gonna last this long um or that it was even gonna be a thing and so you know usually we write music from the road uh during sound checks or on the bus or we exchange ideas in person uh and that just wasn't possible with the pandemic and i think once things started locking down and people were quarantining, that's when I realized, oh, well, I better, I better get to work at home. And so we, you know, I personally went on this 
great streak of writing music in maybe a two or three month span. And, you know, we're lucky in this day, you can record digitally and send files back and forth. And, you know, we were used to getting in the studio and tracking everything live, but we, you know, I sort of, I definitely embraced the challenge and really enjoyed the process of just getting in the mood here at home recording and sending things to our touring guitar player, Kyle Ahern, who has a lot of uh, recent production skills. And so he really was a huge part to the new album. He was able to kind of polish everything. And, you know, he's the youngest member of our band, but he actually grew up listening to Revolution. And so he knows our sound. Yeah, it's really cool. His story is great because he won a contest. We do this jam with the band contest every year during the mm-hmm. summer tour. And he sent in a cover of revolution and, you know, I picked him cause he like plays all the instruments and did a great job. And then years later, he, you know, he contacted me and said, Hey, if you ever need another guitar player, you know, I'm your guy. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know what? Like we are looking for another guitar player and, you know, you should come try out for the band. And of course he like knew every revolution song better than I could play. Them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So it's a really cool story. Yeah. He won this contest and then now he's like a full-time member. Um, That's awesome. And it's only recently that he really started working on his production skills. So, you know, because he knew the revolution sounds so well, um, we were able to kind of send everything his way. And then he sort of produced a lot of the, a lot of the music. So it was really, really nice. Um, and then there were several tracks for the album that the other guys in the band led the charge on. They were the quarterbacks, they were the producers, and they were in contact with Kyle saying what they wanted. So this album was way different than previous albums uh, for many reasons. But that that was one one cool experience that each member got to be a producer of like a certain track. That's awesome. So tell me about the jam with the band. Does somebody win and then they get to what jump on stage with you guys? Do they get to do a tour with you guys? Like what, what's. Yeah. They basically come backstage before the show and we just jam like several songs. Um, Yeah. Just like a half an hour jam session in in our backstage dressing room. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, And I've done it, done it maybe uh I don't know. Yeah. A handful of times. It's, it's a great experience for both them and for me uh, mm-hmm. because I just, I love seeing their reaction when they're, you know, there with the band and just and jamming out and, and some of them are just so talented, you know, and, and Kyle is a great, great example of that. Just a really talented guy that comes from a more alternative progressive rock metal, you know, mm-hmm. guy can shred, uh, and that's not really my style. And so when we get together, we really can do cool stuff. Uh, two different styles of guitar playing that, that mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an experience with like, I'm sure there's got to be some people that win that contest and go backstage and they like almost freeze like. Yeah. And that's that's what I love. I love seeing that because, you know, all of us in the band, like we're, you know, we're we're all pretty mellow and, and uh-huh. uh, you know, I think people think that some of the, and some of these backstages are not even that lavish, you know, so, <laughs> uh, so this is it. Like, where's like, you know, the, the tour bus and stuff, but uh, yeah. And it's really fun. I, I love doing it. We'll probably do it again for this summer too. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I, was, I want to talk to you about how you guys find. I mean, you get to finally play. That's huge. But um, with so, were you guys on the road or anything when when you started seeing stuff shut down, or were you kind of on a break at that point? Yeah, we were on a break, uh, and I think we kind of needed a break. You know, after doing this seventeen years, but we didn't need this long of a break, and nobody expected it to happen. And now that we have this new album out and things are kind of coming back, it just makes this upcoming summer tour that much more exciting. We are like, I think the fans are pumped up and we're pumped up. I was a little nervous. I thought people wouldn't want to come to live music after this pandemic scare. Uh, but I was wrong. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> just really, yeah, everybody's really excited to get back out there. And, and our ticket counts are just amazing. They're going to be packed shows. So it's That's all very exciting. Huge. I mean, the, the support you have on the record, I mean, on the tour too. I mean, the greens, steel pulse. I mean, it's such a, some iconic names and then in, in, in reggae on with that, with those shows. Yeah. And, and three very different acts, you know, steel pulse being, you know, a legendary, uh-huh. a legendary act from the UK. So they have their own kind of style. Uh, the Green being from Hawaii, they have their own unique style. And then Kaznamdi is an up-and-coming, uh, you know, roots and dance hall artist from Jamaica. So it's, okay. it's going to be a cool evening, you know, wherever wherever these shows are at. Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, it's funny that you, not funny, but it's interesting that you bring up that you weren't sure if people were going to want to come because of the scare and, and everything that's been going on over the course of the past year and a half. But I think people are so ready to just get out and play. I think people are going to take shows less for granted now instead of being like, oh, you know, Revolution will probably come back in, in three or four months. We'll see them again. It's like, no, I don't. It's Thursday. I don't care if to work tomorrow. Like people are going to be out there, I think, and at least for a while, I'd hope. Like, I think, I think yeah, the shows think are going right. to be less taken for granted now that um, we haven't seen one in, you know, 18 months or whatever it's been. <laughs> yeah, I think you're totally right. and and you know, likewise for me, like I, I really miss performing. I miss that expression uh, on stage and definitely not going to take it for granted. I think that's why another reason why we named this album in the moment, it's just to embrace every moment for what it's worth. And, uh, you know, gosh, if this isn't a reminder for that, then I don't know what is. So <laughs> yeah. for sure. How, how quickly into, into the whole lockdown did you guys, or did you start writing songs for this new record? Yeah, pretty quickly. Uh, I was living out in Guam. Um, wow. Where my, where my wife is from. And so I started writing a lot of stuff there at the beginning of the pandemic. Then we moved to Santa Barbara, where, where I am now, uh, like sort of at the height of the pandemic. And, or maybe I shouldn't say that, but uh, maybe uh, summer last year, actually. And so, and then once I got here, I set up all my equipment. I just went on this like three, four month, just, creative uh spurt and that's where i really got the most done and it's crazy when an album comes out you know it takes so long like i'm ready for the next album now i'm ready to write for the next (laughs) one sure uh, so it's a there's a little bit of a delay when you write and record to when it actually comes out so Mm -hmm. well it's interesting well you said that like every album you try to do something different obviously this is probably the most different (laughs) of of records just due to the the situation um but you were able to get some guest appearances on the album as well how did how did that go about was it over like a zooms like this or like how, how are you able to you know bring um, on some of these people 
actually, I don't think I talked to any of them individually. It was all sent through email. Um, we, you know, we had these four songs with the guests, uh, with the guest verses open. And thankfully, you know, the three guys from Jamaica were, were into the idea. And again, it's that whole validation. I mean, having people from Jamaica, a place that's really influenced the revolution sound, having them want to collaborate with us uh, is really, really big for us, especially, you know, revolution gets tied in with the reggae category. And even though we mix it up and we kind of have our own sound, it's important for us to showcase reggae music from Jamaica because I want that culture to be recognized. Um, and the fact that they want to collaborate with us is very, very meaningful and, and such an honor. And, and uh, it's great because we get to, you know, people get to hear the revolution sound and then also, you know, Jamaican reggae. <laughs> so um, that's really cool. And then, yeah, Duran Jones is a R&B, soul, funk um, artist. And we toured with them, uh, Duran Jones and the Indications, a couple of years ago. And uh, we always talked about getting on a track together. And I think it was cool for Duran because he was on his first reggae track. And uh, for us to get a different sounding voice on a song is, is, is really cool. So mm -hmm. Very cool. Do you have any, I mean, was it for, for, for a tour that, you know, for people that haven't seen a show in a year and a half, like, did you prepare anything different for the, for this tour? Or is it just going to be like business as usual? Like, are, were you trying to do anything different at all as far yeah. as like, you know, more bells and whistles or. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're, we're definitely preparing. Uh, I think we're so excited to tour that we've been really back and forth trying to prepare a really nice set and different ideas. And we just want to be um, as tight as possible after not, playing with each other for a year and a half. You know, I know as soon as, as soon as we get back together in the practice room, it'll all come back pretty quickly. Sure. But sure. we, we've been sending ideas back and forth so that we are prepped and ready to go. Um, Cause you, you know, usually in a tour, and I hate to say this, but halfway through the tour is when everybody's really hitting their stride, you know, all our chops are up and mm -hmm. uh, we're clicking on all levels, but uh, with all this downtime, we're preparing like we never have for a summer tour. So we definitely have some good stuff planned. Amazing. Amazing. And you haven't played as a group yet since the pandemic hit. We haven't. No. Yeah. It's been a long wow. time. Yeah. That's going to be, a, I'm probably a pretty emotional moment. Not even, I mean, not to mention the shows, but like just getting us in, in the same room together. Yeah, completely. Uh, we got together to, to film a music video for the new album. Uh, just about a month or a month and a half ago. And that was the first time we'd seen each other in a year and a half. Wow. Uh, but it was, you know, it was the kind of thing where we all did COVID testing. Um, you know, most of us were vaccinated at the time, but uh, it was very, very strict. And I'm glad we did it that way so that it was safe. But yeah, that was the first time we had, we had seen each other in a long time. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, it was like, it was like no time had passed too. You know, you, once you're in a room together for 10 minutes, it's like, oh yeah, I feel like we just saw each other yesterday. I mean, that's how long <laughs> we've been, that's how long we've been together. So sure. yeah. And then the first show of the tour is in, in LA or Hollywood Palladium. The first show I think is in Fresno. And then we go to two shows in Costa Mesa for the Orange County Fair. And then the, oh, the okay. 
So yeah, the first four shows are all California shows. It's like jumping right into it. That's awesome. That's very, I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, hometown almost shows for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're, we don't know what the, the, what the regulations will be, but uh, looking forward to seeing some familiar face, faces. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know either. I mean, stuff's happening and opening up. It's like, they're throwing big festivals. I mean, you have like outside lands that's going to happen and, you know, I'm curious to see how they're going to kind of unfold uh, some of these shows, if they're going to be full capacity. I mean, I guess we'll yeah. have to wait, wait and I see. I think everybody's just expecting to be, you know, full capacity. And I know certainly we're selling our shows at full capacity. So I love you know, that. all good signs. Yeah, all good signs. Very cool. And thank you so much for doing this, Eric. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for covering this. I, I appreciate it as well. I do have one more question before I let you go. Uh, do you have any advice for aspiring artists? Yeah, just to try to try to showcase your unique style. Um, you know, for us, yeah, reggae is a big part to our sound. Uh, but I think, I think one thing that sets revolution apart is when you hear us play, when you hear the vocals, when you hear the drums. Um, Altogether, you know, it sounds like revolution. I think it's important to have your own sound, not try to hit a certain demographic, not try to reach a certain sound, play whatever sounds good to you, that feels good, that, you know, demonstrates who you are as a person through the arts. And if it works, then great. Uh, if not, at least you were honest with your music. And I think in the end, that will feel the best to that artist to just showcase who you are.